When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment, bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. <laughs> Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of Chair Gating, episode fill in the blank. We talk about college basketball tournaments. We talk about bubble teams. Reddit here first, college allegiance, college hockey, women's basketball. We talk Mark about- Jackson. Yeah, Lamar Jackson. We talk about how terrible rappers are. We even talk about Oscars and how terrible the Oscars Mike are. And how, yeah, yeah, it's it's a pretty good episode. Why don't you give it a listen? Hello, come right in. All right, so we're going to start off, we're going to talk about some conference championships since some of them have finished up now. Yeah, you know you know what it is, right? Uh, no, can you remind me? Actually, did we record an episode, our last recorded episode was in March, right? Yeah. Yep. Damn. I was hoping this would be the first the first episode so we could say this is March, but I feel like we said that last time. I yeah. guess we can just keep saying it. Yep. Yeah. This is March. This this is March, so it's not a lie. I mean, that's that's the truth. Yeah, so we've had 11 conference championships already. Nothing too upsetty. Uh, you know, it's a lot of the smaller conferences with the exception of the Big Ten and the West Coast, which I was kind of hoping my conference allegiant team, uh, the St. Mary's Gals, would, would win. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, yeah. Gonzaga, Gonzaga did win the, the, the Big West. Kind of to be expected on that one. Exactly. Or West Coast. I don't know why I said Big West. Yeah, but West Coast. Yeah, yeah, like I um, like I was saying, it's it's pretty much been chalk, with the exception of a few upsets. Um, I know Cleveland State was was getting close to winning. They have like twelve wins in the year. I always <laughs> love those those teams that just they they suck all year. You know, they win like five conference games, and then all you have to do is win you know three games in March, and you're in the tournament as yep, a sixteen you, seed. You just go on a quick run there at the end, and uh, you're in, and you don't and deserve you just, it, and you'll get knocked you out. Really. It, yeah, you feel, you feel it for the team that wins like 26 games and just runs through everybody and then plays one bad game in the conference championship, and their season's over. 
But yeah. I guess you just end their misery a little earlier because all they're going to do is get destroyed by some two seed in the first round of the playoffs anyway. So, you know, it's not the worst thing. But I know the, the big, I guess, only really upset right now is the four seed out of the Northeast Conference, um, LIU Brooklyn. They won their conference tournament by beating Wagner. What was that, yesterday, last night? Yeah. So they're in. They locked their seed with 18 wins, which is, you know, anything out of the under 20 wins is pretty pretty big feat making it to the tournament. I guess you could consider Michigan an upset, right? I mean, they were a five seed, and they beat Michigan State one seed. So. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that would be an upset, but uh, they are probably the hottest team in the country right now. Yeah, they, so I mean, they were going to make the tournament regardless, don't you think? Yeah, and I guess I, that's what I was trying to get at was, like, the team that wasn't going to make it um, – and now just has to play Virginia. <laughs> right. Get destroyed by 50. Like, Michigan was going to make it in as probably like a four seed anyway. Now they pretty much just locked up a three seed, which is awesome for them. And like I was saying, probably the hottest team in the country. Well, like, um, let's see, UNCG making it in when that one came down to who was going to win the tournament because the whole season, uh, East Tennessee State looked like they were the best team in the the conference, granted, they did pull off the one seed right there at the very end, so I guess it wasn't like an upset, but, you know, it's cool for them. Like, throughout the season, they probably were like, look, we don't know if we're going to make the, the tournament. Yeah, that was an awesome game to watch, and I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit in our in our conference allegiance. You know I'm going to talk about my Spartans. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that was that was a, a great a great uh, game for the Southern Conference, and uh, sucks sucks for Furman getting left out. It also sucks for my Wofford Terriers not even yep. making it to the championship hey, game. But, I mean, they only lost by one point to UNCG, so that was huge. Yeah, so count that as a moral one. Might yeah. as well just put them in as kind of a, an at-large, I guess. I think if there's a moral tournament, they made it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, so, also the I mean, we might see more, too, because I think the Atlantic 10 could be really interesting. Uh, I think I want to talk about some bubble teams a little bit later, too. And obviously, okay. you know... The Atlantic team, the Atlantic Ten, I think has two bubble teams. Whoever wins the tournament, because I don't think Rhode Island's a lock. Um, oh, you don't? No, I don't. Well, I I think they're locked to make the tournament, but not to win the conference tournament. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. See what I'm was, saying? Was... No, yeah, they're they're gonna make the tournament, but I'm saying that'd be cool if the Atlantic Ten could actually pull off two teams in the tournament this year, which I think could happen. I think they will. I think they will, regardless of the outcome of the of the conference championship. I don't know about that. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know because yeah, we'll we'll get into that. We'll get into that. But, uh, but yeah, they're just going through going through a few other winners. Uh, Lip Lipscomb came out of the Atlantic Sun. Obviously, uh, might be might be uh, a, I guess a fourteen or fifteen seed to to look out for. Let's see what they're projected. Fifteen seed right now. Uh, they one thing to look out for them is they are super up tempo. Um, so that could that could cause some teams some trouble in the in the tournament. And then on the reverse side of that. Radford, one of the Big South Conference, is one of the slowest teams in the country. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't see that working too well against an elite team like, uh, you know, a one or two seed. I, I feel like if you're if you're going to be, um, you know, drawing up some type of upset, you'd want the the fast paced team, just because there's an extra element of randomness, I guess. Do you think you, know, you might catch someone off guard, and as long as you're running that transition. And it might work out for you. How do you think Loyola Chicago or Loyola Illinois? I guess. Uh, how do you think they're going to fare in the tournament? Not well. 
they're surprisingly very highly ranked yeah in the like predictive metrics but i watched their game against illinois state and mm-hmm. was just not super impressed i mean that was granted that was the only game i've watched them play all year they beat them pretty bad i mean 65 49 they did it's just the talent on the floor just was kind of underwhelming and uh they did somehow beat florida this year and have a couple other actually big wins uh i just i don't think they're gonna be one of the upsets i pick yeah it's it's (laughs) it's hard to pick an upset one you know that team's about to go against like a one seed or two seed team um well loyal is loyal is projected as a 12 seed which would be a pretty good matchup against a five seed Uh, right now the five seeds are like clemson gonzaga ohio state kentucky so hey if loyal gets matched up against kentucky that actually might be a an upset that i'd look pretty close at also my jackrabbits out of south dakota look for that Mm -hmm. upset baby they're gonna they're gonna come in hot yeah no i'll definitely be looking close at them i have a whole spiel about them a little bit later in our conference allegiance a rundown yeah okay let's see let's see actually yeah i'll just i'll save the 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 jackrabbit discussion for a little later yeah because like i said pretty much all these teams that we're talking about in conferences i actually have stuff to talk about later in conference allegiance which might take up the bulk of this uh episode apparently College of Charleston, when in the Colonial Athletic Association, yeah, they, uh, yeah, they beat Northeastern, which I think was the favorite in in the conference. I believe they were, yes. Yeah, they won an OT. It was a really good game. Yep. And yeah, it looks like they're projected right now at 14 seed. So matched up against a uh, three. Hmm. I yeah. feel like all the all the fourteens are just really hoping they get to play Auburn because Auburn's just limping into the postseason right now. I think that would be the ideal matchup. Well, 14s. none of them should want to have to play against U of H. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, hey, U of H playing really hot right now. Yeah, only uh, only team this season to be undefeated at home when they're not playing at home. Oh yeah, they're they're course under construction. Yeah, they're playing across the street. Uh, South Texas, or Texas Southern, and um, yeah, their their home was like five minutes across the street, and they were undefeated at home. So they're saying next season, to start the season at least, they're, they're going to have to play there as well, because the construction won't be done, and I don't think anyone's too upset. Mm-hmm. I think we're all like, uh, okay, yeah, maybe we should just, going. Yeah, let's just keep playing there. Unfortunately, we have you know quite a bit of seniors on that team. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Uh, you know, some of the best players are seniors, but I won't get into that. Um, yeah, that stat, that stat, it would have been one of two teams if uh, if Cincinnati would have won that game against Wichita State back in February. That was their only loss at home, away from home. Yeah, they're they're doing the same thing. They're playing in Northern Kentucky. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's a interesting time for the AAC. All three, you know, all three of those teams are going to make it regardless of the tournament. What would really be interesting is if one of those three teams didn't win the tournament and then a fourth team got in somehow. I don't see that happening, but that's the only way the AAC has four teams in. Mm-hmm. They don't even have so, a bubble team right now. I mean, it's uh, just... 
Wright State next up, uh, winning the Horizon League, beating Cleveland State, which was I was talking about at the beginning of the show, would have just been comical if Cleveland State would have made it. Um, I'm looking at their their resume right now. They won 12 games all year. They went 12 and 23, and made it to the conference championship. This is the this is the <laughs> kind of stuff that I live for. I mean, yeah, I really was rooting pretty hard for Cleveland State just to see them make it to the tournament and and play like I said, some type of like Virginia or Kansas or something. Uh, they they kept it close until about halftime, and then Wright State just pulled away. It's too bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, those twelve win teams. Just, I, I was really, I was really rooting for that. Uh, so right, say yeah, punching their ticket. Iona, uh, the other gals, the Gales, out of Metro Athletic Atlantic. Wait, Metro Atlantic <laughs> Athletic. Right there, you go. I think they need to rebrand that. I just they can't do Mac, so they had to throw an extra A in there. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Iona punching their ticket, beating Fairfield. Actually, Niagara was ahead of Iona. Well, yeah, Niagara lost to Fairfield. Yeah. I, I warned you about this. They lost Matt Scott like three or four games ago, who was their you know, leading scorer. And um, he wasn't going to come back. And he's a senior, so he's just not coming back. And I told you, once they lost him, they were done. It's a damn shame. Yeah, I warned you. But I'll go more into that in the Conference of Legions. That pretty much covers all the teams. Murray State might be a team to watch out for. They're mm, actually yep. having a really good season. Uh, they beat Belmont in the championship, punched their ticket, 26-5. and So uh, their resume is actually looking pretty strong. All right. Uh, senior-led team, yeah. Uh, Murray State, look out for them. All right, what else do you want to talk Gonzaga, about? Gonzaga, I guess, yeah, we already talked about Gonzaga. Did you watch it in the Combine? Not really. I'm not going to lie. You're not super interested in people's 40 times and <laughs> vertical jumps. And I, watched, I watched more jokes about the combine, like from Barstool, regular people running 40s. I, I think I watched more of that than the actual combine. What do you think your 40 time would be? Oh, uh, man. I'm pretty out of shape. I used to be decently fast in the 40. I have no it's idea just, right now. It's, it's hard to do because even if you just go out to a field and have a friend time you, the likelihood of that friend actually being an accurate time would, is very low. That's the thing. So the accuracy you, on these are, are really difficult. Yeah. So you would either – your friend would say, oh, you got like a 4.6, which is just completely unbelievable, or it would be like, oh, you got a 6.2. <laughs> and so you just kind of have to run it a number of times right. until you actually get an accurate reading. And then at that point, you're just so tired from running so much. You, Where that's, the combine gets these electronic times, and it's just way easier. What do you think you'd run? Probably high, low fives, realistic. Okay. okay. I'm thinking I'd run like a 4-2, but, you know, that's just me being realistic. Um, like, I think I could outrun some of the 400-pound linemen. Yeah, uh, okay, that's fair. And I know Orlando Brown ran like a 5-8-6, which was the highest ever. Yeah, that's the slowest time. Um, could probably beat that. Like I said, I'm, I'm pretty out of shape. If you asked me when I was like a sophomore in high school, I think I'd, I'd run pretty well. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to set reasonable goals, and then you just build up from from those goals. You set the goal, you, you achieve that goal, and then you set a new goal. Or you could so set think, incredible goals like a 4-2 and just never be happy with yourself until you hit that goal, which is what I would do. 
Yeah, that's what a lot of people do, and I feel like that's kind of not a good strategy. Well, I'm just a winner like that, and that's what winners do. But that's fine. You know, you can do you. I'll do me. No, I think the big the big story out of the combine, <clears throat> other than Shaquem Griffin with the one hand running that time. Are you talking? Which, are you, are you going to talk about Josh Allen? <laughs> other than Josh Allen and his, tight and his, his ninety. What was it? How many yards did he throw? Ninety. Uh, just about. I Something was watching, absurd. It was like it was like eighty eighty plus. Yeah. But uh, uh, Lamar Jackson being asked to to work out with wide receivers, <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. the the freak out on all the talk shows about how this is a disgrace and it's it's offensive and all that. Um, my take: it's like if an NFL GM who their entire life is devoted to uh, evaluating talent wants you to just work out with wide receivers, like this is your opportunity to impress scouts. And you, if you want to make it on an NFL roster, what's the downside of doing that? Right. I mean, I think nobody should get offended other than, you know, Lamar Jackson. It's his choice, right? If he's like, no, I'm going to stick to my guns here. I want to be a quarterback. That's fine, too. You know, that's I think that's totally yeah. fine. That's up to him. If he, want, if he really just wants to be in the NFL and doesn't really care what he has to do, then work out with the wide receivers. I think nobody else should have anything to say other than him. It's his choice. You know, for uh, sure, yeah. I, I, I think it's totally up to him, and I wouldn't be offended or upset either way. <laughs> yeah, no. I think I would totally People understand are, either way. They're getting so emotional, and uh, and yeah, it's like it's his decision. If like I'll, I'll respect whatever decision he makes, and yeah, like you said, if if he just wants to be in the NFL bad enough um, that he's willing to to accept whatever role is is offered to him, then then you know maybe the wide receiver is a move because obviously he's displayed incredible athleticism and honestly when i watched him um you know you watch my tv and you get a pretty good feel about how he plays but when i watched him come to raleigh and lose to state accuracy was a huge issue for him he was overthrowing receivers constantly underthrowing receivers constantly it was just it was like he never really got a feel for for throwing and maybe that was just an an outlier of a game but it really kind of painted a different picture of him obviously he ran all over nc state so that's what i'm i'm trying to get at like he's an incredible athlete and he can make insane moves with the ball well but and as, as and, a quarterback he just wasn't very impressive i mean i know it's not totally his fault on this but i got to watch him lose to u of h twice uh one of those games in houston he got sacked like seven times i mean i know that's yeah, not so that's not completely is, oh, his <laughs> fault yeah i know because the sacks but still you know i've seen a lot of weaknesses in him where I've seen other quarterbacks, you know, not have similar weaknesses. <laughs> I don't have terrible games. Yeah. I don't know. I just watching him lose twice. Uh, obviously I know he was a Heisman winner. He's an amazing athlete, but like you said, maybe he's just that an athlete. Yeah. And I just, I get kind of confused with the whole systemic racism in NFL. If the NFL's GMs, like they're literally their livelihoods, uh, depend on them succeeding in the NFL and ultimately drafting good talent at good positions. I don't think they're too concerned about what race, you know, comes in and plays which positions. They they just want the best player at every position. Yeah, I think so that's if, I think that's just bullshit. And GMs are are evaluating talent and they think that they're better suited to different positions. I'm gonna take their word instead of some you know columnist that just spends time, uh, you know, not not evaluating talent like this like this GM the scout does. Yeah, that's just a really easy like cop out for just about anything. You're just like, well, I'm just going to assume that they're racist because I can't yeah. figure out their reasoning. So racism. Yeah, no, I I don't even listen to that bullshit. 
that it, that has nothing now, I mean, to do with it. Now, if now if he goes on to have a great NFL career as a quarterback, I'm not going to be surprised just because what we've seen him do in college. Yeah, but I'm also not going to be super surprised if you know he doesn't really pan out and maybe he ends up switching to receiver. Right. I mean, uh, I think I he's like a hard he's a hard worker and he's a great athlete. Obviously, those two things combined can make a great quarterback. But like you said, I, I feel like I've seen better quarterbacks. Um, just at a quarterback position in general, you know, he was an athlete. It's kind of hard to teach accuracy at this point. Right. Yeah. Also, not to get too far off topic. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. It's getting pretty far off topic, actually. <laughs> have, you, have you heard of this rapper Lil Xan? You suck! No, you just don't understand Tween Wave because you're old! Mm, wait, how do you spell that? Like Xanax, X-A-N. Oh, like X-A-N. No, I haven't. Okay, so it's been all over Twitter. He was in an interview and they asked him to rank other rappers. And they asked Tupac, and he gave Tupac a two. Um, I'm not sure what it was out of, but either a five or a ten, two is still not good. And he said his music's boring. So obviously, like, everybody freaked out because he's like a 21-year-old kid. He's like a white kid with face tattoos. You know, that whole, like, new rap music thing. Um, Yeah, he looks like Justin Bieber. He's, like, cornier than Soldier Boy. So soldier boy. <laughs> yeah, guess you threw the phone, baby. I don't want to get too far off topic. I just I needed to throw that out there. Walk a flock of tweeted yeah. Lil Xan band from hip hop. Um just I'm really bored of hearing you talk, so I'm like scrolling through Twitter. That's <laughs> the connection. I'm just like I, I don't really care what you have to say. Also, right now on Twitter we are running a tournament for the best sodas. We got through Sweet Sixteen and the Elite Eight votes are coming in. They're almost wrapped up. Right now in the Elite Eight, it's Coke versus Mountain Dew Voltage, Sprite versus Mountain Dew, Dr. Pepper versus Root Beer, and Baja Blast versus Cheerwine. I'm thinking Root Beer's going to take that one. Uh, you think there's an upset with Root Beer? Yeah, I, I'd, I'd vote Root Beer all the way through. Maybe Root Beer versus uh, uh, Cheerwine. I will say that Root Beer has a diehard fan base, surprisingly. Um, I didn't separate root beer into the different brands just because I felt like that's kind of like mean to the root beer fan base because they have a diehard fan base. Uh, if I separated the brands, they had no chance. But together, I mean, they had an upset over Code Red. Well, it wasn't really an upset, but I like Code Red better than root beer. But still, uh, I've got to disagree. i got to say it's going to be Dr. Pepper versus Coke, and then that's going to be a close one. Coke has been kind of wiping 
before. Cheerwine upset Pepsi in round one. That was pretty big. Every single orange soda got eliminated in round one. There was three options for orange soda, so I probably should have put that together into one. Cheerwine versus uh, Pepsi is a it's North Carolina battle right there. Yeah, exactly. And I think the state held true. They were like, no, Pepsi left us for New York City. Cheerwine's still here. You know, we're going to stick with our guns on that one. So and Pepsi still claims Pepsi still claims like in all our local marketing, it's all it's all geared towards uh, like a local company. Right. When you're in North Carolina, it's like talks about how they're from North Carolina. But outside North Carolina, they don't say anything about North Carolina, whereas Cheerwine nope. isn't really outside North Carolina very much. But I think the Sprite Mountain Dew matchup is a really tight one. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it's it's that one's hotly it's, contested. Uh, looking, looking to be a very highly contested matchup for sure. Yeah, Sprite. Best soda at a movie theater, Mountain Dew, best gas station soda. So that that's a tough one. And you know, the pro move at a movie theater when you get Sprite, because I agree, it is a very good movie theater uh, soda. You also get the Twizzlers, and then you bite the ends off the Twizzlers and then drink through the Twizzlers as, as a straw. The straw. Yeah, yeah that, that is a good move. Uh, that's that's kind of like the classic, you know, M&Ms or Reese's in the popcorn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. You just you dump them in there. Uh, that's an elite move right there. So anyway, that's at the that elite point, eight. you got to be a little light on the salt. Or yeah, on the on the, on the uh, butter. Yeah, I was gonna say the butter. I hate when people over butter it. But you know, we'll see. Final four is about to come up, and then we'll see what happens with the championship. I'll keep it really posted. Do you ever uh, do you ever put a straw in the butter machine straight to the center of the popcorn to get you know the extra layers? That's also uh, that's also an elite move in a movie. It's an elite move, but also a diabetes move. Yeah, well, it's a movie theater concession stand. Every elite move technically is a diabetes move. You yeah, think your Twizzler straws and your Sprite is any less diabetes? Yeah, they overlap pretty heavy. It's, no, the most the Venn diagram just looks like one circle. The most elite move is when you see somebody pull fast food out of their purse, or like a full takeout meal. Yeah, that's the most elite move. I'm not even mad. I'm just impressed. I'm like, man, that's. Like a, like a steak dinner from Texas Roadhouse or something? That, that was ballsy. Yeah. They have like a, a jug Classic of beer that they're pouring. Yeah. They have, a, they have a waiter come all the way out just to just serve them food. Yeah, they they pay for uh, one of those Uber food, lift food things that comes and like they're, they pay them extra just to stay there as their waiter. Well, and they, they pay for their admission too. Yep. Yeah, they pay for a ticket for them. But, they, yeah. but it's just the handicap one, so they can't sit down. At that point, you just buy a Netflix subscription. No. Save a little money. No. Uh, speaking also, of, speaking well, of Netflix. Well, uh, speaking of movies, I am. The Oscars were the other night, and nobody watched them, obviously, because they're terrible. All their picks were pretty god awful, so I am currently working on a very in depth blog and creating kind of my own categories for what the best films of 2017 were. Since I've seen all of the films, and I'm not even being sarcastic, I think I've seen almost every movie of 2017. So, hey, you know what I just watched? What? It's actually pretty cool. What? Boyhood. Boy, yeah, that was years ago. That was, I think it was last year. Boyhood? That was in like 2014 or 15. Well, regardless, it was a really cool movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. I uh, I was working at that movie theater in Houston in downtown, and they had the premiere there. Because the director's from Houston. He was the dude that also made Days and Confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he had his premiere there, so I got to meet him. Good movie. Yeah, it's kind of based off of, uh, lightly based off of his his life. Yeah, because he, yeah, he lived in Austin and Houston, like, growing up. 
that's I think that was the coolest part was just because it was so local. I'd, yeah. I had no clue it was going to be that local. Yeah, because it was filmed almost entirely in Austin. So even the like Houston scenes were actually filmed in bars in Austin, but they would put up old Astros stuff in the bar to make it look like it was Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was cool. It was very Texas, obviously. And then his mom was worked at the University of Houston. So that's mm-hmm. cool. And his drunk stepdad. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Very Texas. <laughs> no, it was, it was good because it, it was pretty authentic. Like, obviously being directed by someone from texas and from houston uh he like he got a lot of the parts right yeah absolutely and that did you watch his uh everybody wants some or everybody gets some or something like that no i need to i've actually got a friend uh you can bleep this part out but uh he you know a friend a close friend that went to a&m he was a k at a&m he was an extra in the movie i'm not bleeping that out um yeah no it was a really good movie a lot of people were like, oh, it's the sequel to Days and Confused. That's just a lie. That's 100% not true. Totally different. It's like set in the 80s instead of the 70s. And it's at Texas State about a college baseball team. Really, really good. Very is it, good. Does it actually name drop Texas State or is it just some No, it's random Texas Central University or something like that. But it's, it's filmed with Texas State, same colors as Texas State. It, it's San Marcos. I mean, the whole thing. And it should have just said Southwest Texas State and been actually yeah, original. That's true. Um, no, it was really good though, and it definitely was super accurate with like a Texas college experience. Like for anybody that went to Texas State, especially, you can be like, "Wow, that's really accurate." So yeah, because that's that's what irks me is when I see those movies or the TV shows where it's just they try to to replicate the like the party scene or just really any kind of scene. And it's just so off. Yeah, this one... It's like, what what kind of universe is this? This one, I'm watching it, and I'm like, I know it's set in the 80s, and I know it's about a baseball team, but I'm watching it, and I'm like, this is my college experience. This is as close as it's going to get. You know, it's kind of like the fraternity experience in Texas, you know, because it was a baseball team, but they all lived in a house together, like a baseball house, and, you know, very, very similar. Yeah, Speaking of... I don't, I don't even know what kind of bridge I'm trying to build here, but... Um, Michael Porter Jr. reporting to come back as we speak. We are recording this on Wednesday night. Um, he's coming back for the tournament, conference tournament. So really? this is – I don't know how I feel about this move because they play tomorrow night against – it looks like Georgia, the winner of the Georgia game, and they're killing Vanderbilt right now. Um, I don't know how I feel about this move. I'm glad he's doing it because I, I, I really am looking forward to seeing him play. But when you projected top five – without even playing um i just don't know how much you're trying to to prove here um you know he's been sitting out all year and still a top five to ten projected pick like he must be hearing different things from scouts or or maybe he just actually wants to play but i feel like what if he goes out there and he goes you know two for ten and then just drops two spots immediately you just lost five to ten million dollars or what if he goes out there and gets injured <laughs> i mean honestly <laughs> I just, he goes out there and immediately more. he doesn't even play he walks out on the court and just twists an ankle well that's that's what happened in the first game he played two minutes and, and got hurt so yeah. I, I just feel like there's more downside than than upside at this point uh i'm glad like i said i'm glad because i just want to see him play because he's such an elite talent um you know he's projected to go first before this before this injury so maybe he's just got so much confidence in himself that he, he thinks or he knows that he's just going to ball out and uh, and really make a name for himself and then move 
back in the discussion for like a, a top two or three pick. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you're the type of guy that thought you would get, you know, low five in your 40. I'm the type of guy that knows I'm going to get a 4-2 so I can connect better with him, and I, I would also be going out. Good, yeah. Well, I'm glad that we have someone on this podcast that can relate. Yeah, I can definitely relate to top athletes. Moving on, though, I know we haven't done this segment in a very long time, but you sent me a Reddit article, so we can do some Reddit here first. Extra, extra, read all about it. Read all about it. Well, I got a few. I've been building them up. You've been building these up? Okay. Let's. What do you got? Well, the one that I sent to you uh, is a pretty cool poll that I partook in. It is ranking ranking the scariest looking uh, strength and conditioning coaches in all of college football. So it's a pretty cool. It's a comprehensive poll. They went through all conferences. They they attached pictures, uh, you know, all in one page, and then he just he just uh, picked the scariest looking out of each conference, and then it was kind of a, a top down approach where the winner out of every conference competed against each other, and then at the end. We wound up having, you know, one winner. They also ranked them top ten, and then you can go through the the results and see the pictures of of all the top ten. So Pat Moore out of South Florida was the winner of the 2017 to 2018 uh, scariest looking strength coach. Yeah, and I was looking at his picture. Are we sure that he's not related to Charlie Strong? He could be a cousin. I, I he looks that. a lot. He looks like a scarier version of Charlie Strong. Yeah, so do you mind tweeting this, this link out? Yeah. Just... yeah, I'll send it up. Also, uh, Dave Kearns, number two for West Virginia. <laughs> he is who I want as the strength and conditioning coach for West Virginia. He looks like yeah. West Virginia. It was a really tight race. He, he came really close to getting first, and um, I think he liked that he got second. So he, he's probably going to use this as fuel and get his team ready for the next season. He's definitely uh, he's going to be my nightmares for the next week. <laughs> yeah. That, that was a mugshot. Like, I'm pretty sure that he's in a biker gang, and that was actually a mugshot. And you know he's wearing the West Virginia polo in his mugshot. Yep, absolutely. And it's it's skin tight. You can see his hard nipples through it. Yep. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And that, that yeah, that biker gang mustache uh, just completes the, the whole outfit. Yeah, it's perfect for West Virginia. The eyes are just beaming through the screen. Like, he I mean, has to have like a rap sheet, right? Like he has to have been arrested before. I just think I think that was a bad picture or like an intimidating picture because I'm looking at other pictures and it's not quite as bad. Oh, all right. Well, that's kind of a letdown. Actually, I like it that I can only find two pictures of him. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's just I like one. that needs to be off the internet. <laughs> the one that's straight on, the the one that they put up, and then there's like a side profile picture of him. It's just a screenshot of a, an interview they have with him. It's just those are the only two. Um, I actually, I, I think it would be even better if the winner was just a no photo. It's like we couldn't even find a picture of this guy. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> All right, next up, uh, someone went through and let's see. Yeah, so someone went through and um, and found that, and I already knew this, um, that Ole Miss doesn't have a a Waffle House. Wow, really? Oxford, well, Mississippi Oxford, doesn't Mississippi, have an no. Waffle House? Yeah, they, they have a Huddle House, and I guess the the owner of the Huddle House and the Waffle House made some kind of agreement that's like they can only be so far apart. Um, I, I definitely prefer Waffle House. There's yeah. one that's less than half an hour away. It's in 
Batesville. So it's kind of like a treat you get to go to. But so someone went through on Reddit and and went through all SEC schools and found the closest Waffle House, um, found the distance to the stadium, and found out that Ole Miss and Kyle Field, so Ole Miss and Texas A&M, are the only two schools in the SEC that don't have a Waffle House within seven miles from their stadium. Wow, even Missouri? Missouri actually has one that's less than three miles away. Interesting. This is why people say that A&M is not really part of the SEC. I mean, that's a good example right there. That's exactly why. That's really the only reason. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think... The closest closest is in South Carolina. Uh, You can just walk from their stadium to the Waffle House. It's not even even a street over. That's why they're not in the ACC. That's why they're in the SEC instead. Mm -hmm. Uh, How far is Colchation from Waffle House? Because I know Houston has Waffle House. 65 miles. That's probably to the suburbs in Houston. That that might be it's to all, like yeah, exactly. It's the all Woodlands or a little bit. It's a little bit north of the Woodlands. Yep. Okay. I know exactly which one that is. Actually, that's the closest Waffle House to Caulfield. That's probably the one in Conroe. That I think they have it's like got, that's yeah. That's what I said. It's in Conroe. Okay. Yeah, they have like two in Conroe. I know my Waffle Houses. It's sad, and all the all the the comments on it are just like basically feeling bad for for both the schools. So it's it's good. It's a good um. Everybody's looking out for each other in the SEC. Yeah, Waffle House definitely is not as big in Texas as it is throughout the South. But, I mean, we have them. We have them like, you know, Austin has like two. Dallas has a lot. That's why it's probably – it's more surprising that that Ole Miss doesn't have one that close. I know. That's actually really surprising. Mississippi, that should be like Waffle House territory. It is. It sure is. I know Alabama's flooded with Waffle Houses. Mm Mm-hmm. So – yeah. So I've got one more ready here first. All right. This one's pretty good. So uh, you know about directional schools, right? So it's you just name some sort of direction, east, west, north, south, middle, and then you place the, the state name after that. That's directional school. Oh, okay. Um, what about east-west university? Do they count? <laughs> no, they don't. Or are they just not real, so they don't count for anything? Uh, so there's 14 directional schools as compiled – or. Division One directional schools, as compiled by Shaking the Bacon on College Football Reddit. Okay, <clears throat> and he was set at uh, at finding which directional school actually best defined the the definition of of directional schools. So he found the center of each state that these directional schools were in, uh, okay. and then calculated the distance from that center, or not, or well, if it was just like a central. Um, so okay, here here's a question. How about South Texas? Exactly. So or Texas then, Southern. I, I keep saying South Texas Southern is in Houston, and that's actually in the southeast because Texas, because of how it's shaped, the south part is like south of Mexico. Okay, so Texas Southern was not included because they're not Division One. Ah, uh, but in the case that's in, in the case of a Southern school or Northern school, East West, then they found those east west north south points in the state mathematically and then calculated the distance from those points um, from the school so would you want to guess which one fits the definition the best oh do you want me to read through the list southern southern california usc there's there's one are they do they fit it best no they're right in the middle of the pack i i bet i can say the worst one okay university of south florida Wait, South Florida not even on this list? I wonder why they left out the South. Why the Florida schools are off the list? Central Florida's not there because Central Florida might be the best. 
they're actually central. South Florida is like central Florida. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, no, South Florida is. Uh, they're on the list, but they are towards the bottom. Central Florida got third. Yeah, okay, they're good. They are uh, in Orlando, which is, you know, almost in the middle. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what was you... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. USC then? I don't think he told me. USC was about middle. About middle. Oh, really? Oof. Mm-hmm. Oof. Uh, give me a couple names and I can tell you if I think it's it's number one. Okay. Um, I'll give you the top four in a random order. Okay. Central Florida, you already named. Northern Illinois, Middle Tennessee, and Central Michigan. Oh, man. Uh, I want to say Middle Tennessee. They are, by wide margin. They are very extremely close to the center of Tennessee. Yeah, I, I forgot about Michigan because they're all directional schools in Michigan. That's like their yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I could have named some of those. But yeah, MTSU. That's uh, They're in Nashville, right? Or right outside Nashville? Murfreesboro, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's pretty uh, central for the state. Good for them. They know the directions. Yeah, so this was some pretty uh, pretty extreme math by Shaking the Bacon. It's good for him. I got a ton of upvotes. Yeah, good for him. Good for that guy. Mm-hmm. You wanna you wanna talk about some bubble schools? Yeah, which bubble schools? So I, I listed a couple, and tell me if I'm wrong because it might have changed since I was looking at it. Is Louisville in? Louisville, I don't think they're in. Well, because they um, just beat Florida they... State, and now they have a twenty and twelve record. So. So they're definitely in the bubble. I wasn't sure if they were in with the Florida State win, but I mean they're that definitely helps them. Let me let me see. Let me look up some some sources. Yeah, so it looks like it looks like Louisville's in. Okay, with that Florida State win. Yeah, that that definitely that definitely I think put them over the edge. Okay, yeah, because I know they were on the bubble and then they just beat Florida State, so I wasn't sure if that actually got them in or not. Um, so that was my ACC team for. The Atlantic 10, obviously, I said I would talk about this later. St. Bonaventure, I mean, they're on a 12-game win streak, 24-6. and six. Do you think they're in, or do you think they have to win no, the tournament? No, I, I definitely think they're in. I haven't, I haven't really seen any brackets where they're out. You know, I've seen them usually at like a 10 seed, um, and I think their resume kind of shows that they're a 10 seed. Okay, so then also if Davidson wins the tournament, which I think is a possibility, they would automatically be in, so I don't know. Shit, yeah, I forgot about if Davidson wins, then that's ooh, that might actually that would probably out. knock out Saint Benaventure, uh, because so. they're they're both on the same side of the bracket, so they would have to play each other even before they play Rhode Island. So Rhode Island's probably a lock, you know. Rhode Island's a lock, yeah. Regardless, well, well, in their conference tournament, that they're probably and a I, lock I to go to the finals. I don't, I don't think Davidson is getting in. Well, I know that Davidson's not getting in unless they win the tournament. Right. So what I was saying is Rhode Island has a really good shot to the championship game. And St. Bonaventure and Davidson, if they both win their, you know, 
after their bye, if they both win their first game, they'll play each other before Rhode Island. And Davidson has beat St. Bonaventure. Obviously not since they... They were the last team to beat St. Bonaventure before they went on their 12-game win streak. So who knows is all I'm saying. If they lose, if St. Bonaventure loses, and let's say Davidson wins, I don't know. I don't know if St. Bonaventure will make it. Yeah, that'll be an interesting story to follow. Uh, that that game is that is that going to be tomorrow night or is that going to be Friday? Um. So I the they still haven't even played their first their first tournament game. Yeah. So that I mean it could be fr- probably Friday then. Yeah, because they they have they each will have one game before they'd have to play each other. <clears throat> Friday or Saturday, I guess. Moving on, Big Twelve. Is Texas in? They, I know they were on the bubble. They just beat West Virginia, so now they're eighteen and thirteen. Do, do they? Need... They should be. I, I think they should be in. Um, all the the brackets that I've seen, the bracketologies have them. I mean, it's not completely safe right now. They have Iowa State in the tournament. What is that? So uh, does that mean Kansas I... State is in? Because Kansas State is twenty-one and ten. They're better than Texas, and I don't know if they're in. Yeah, those are the two two bubble teams from. Big 12. I think Kansas State's a little safer than, than Texas. Yeah, point, I don't understand how you would put Texas in over Kansas State unless Texas won the tournament. No, I think, yeah, I think Kansas State's a little safer. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. I, I know Texas, they keep talking about as a bubble team, but I just don't see how you could morally like put them in over Kansas State, who's been doing better than them this year. Well, I think, I think they're both in at this point. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I thought it was one or the other. Okay, never mind. Uh, and then I also have from the Big East. I know Big East is pretty much like guaranteed like four teams in, but Providence and Marquette. Providence is nineteen and twelve. Marquette is eighteen and twelve. I think Marquette's out. Uh, Do you? I think Providence even could be out. Yeah. So <clears throat> I I don't know. Maybe one could like upset and win the tournament and automatically be in because even if they won the tournament, I don't think it would knock out any other Big East team. No. Um, like, I think the Big East would legitimately have five teams in if Marquette or Providence happened to win the tournament. Yeah, well, Xavier and Villanova are locks. Creighton's a lock. Seton Hall's a lock. Yeah, so. Right? Providence. That'd be crazy. Even Shit, what about Butler? Like, let's not forget about Butler. That's true. I just know Providence and Marquette are both, like, super, super close. I mean, 19 and 12 and 18 and 12. They're, like, neck and neck uh, at each I other. I think Butler's actually going to be in regardless either, too. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm looking at all these projections. I can't wait to see some Big East teams get their ass kicked. Damn, Big East is going to show up to show out. Mm, I don't think so. I think they'll have two teams that advance. Yeah, I probably wouldn't bet against that. I think the Big East is good, but like, eh, are we overhyping their depth a little bit? I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'm crazy. I just, whenever I see a conference with five teams going in, that's just kind of... I don't know. I guess well, Big East is all offense, little defense. It's kind of like the Big 12 of football. Right. Yeah. I just I want to talk about Texas Southern real quick. Okay. Because I know we talked about this at the beginning of the season, I think. Um, Texas Southern started the year 0-12. Or 0-13, sorry. And they are now favored to make the tournament. And are you serious? Yeah, this was, this was a story that was kind of unfolding – um, this narrative was still unfolding as they're going 0-13. The uh, the media was still saying, "Look, 
Like we know they're 0-13, but they're still going to make the tournament. And it, it was hard to believe at the time, but it actually came true. And now they're, yeah, they're, they just won their first conference tournament game, um, destroyed Alabama State. Now they're playing Prairie View A&M. They're in the SWAC, which is the weakest conference in the country. And so, yeah, 13 team or 13 wins. Texas Southern team is pretty much likely going to make the comp or the, the NCAA tournament. So both teams that are using the facilities this year are going to make it. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Something magical about that court this year, man. No, I mean, when I say they went 0 13, they played Gonzaga, they played Ohio State, Jesus. Syracuse, Kansas, oh Clemson, oh my God. Oregon, Baylor. What, TCU. what were they thinking? <laughs> it's like, so now you understand a little bit better. So why this is why the writers were like, look, yeah, they're 0 13 because they're playing the best teams in the country. Yeah. They're like, they came into the country, or they came into the season. And they're like, yeah, we're going to have a pretty good season, but look at our schedule. Uh, so as soon as they started conference play, you know, SWAC is just so terrible that they just ran through everybody. Jesus. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. So they turn an 0-13 team. Well, I mean, 13-19 and is still not great, but, you know. No, that's not even good. What are you talking conference. about? 13-19 is still a losing record. But yeah, when you look at the teams that they lost to, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, just that's... I just wanted to touch on that because it's insane. It's gonna be <clears throat> funny to see a 14 win or 13 win team in the tournament. Yeah, it's bound to happen. Um, all right, let's get into conference allegiance. Let's do it. All right, I'm gonna start it out with the Big East. Talk about Creighton. Since we were just talking about that, since we last spoke, my Blue Jays took an 85-81 loss to Marquette Saturday and now have a 21-10 and overall and 10-8 and conference record, and they remained fourth in the Big East. They are set to play their first tournament game against the 5C Providence tomorrow, which would be good. They're 1-1 against Providence this season, so should be interesting. We'll see. We were just talking about if Providence could make a run in the tournament. Speaking of Providence, my Friars, coached by Ed Cooley, Coach Cooley, yeah, they're playing. Uh, they're playing Creighton tomorrow night. So uh, everybody tune in to. Let's see what channel that's going to be on. Everybody tune in to. Who knows? I can't even find out what TV channel that's going to be on. Do you think anybody's made the Probably. Coach Coolio reference in Gangsters Paradise? Oh, I'm sure. I would. Totally. If I was there, I would make a sign. You know where? You know where Coach Cooley coached at before Providence. Yeah, totally, but why don't you tell people, for all the idiots that don't know? Fairfield. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was talking about. I would make uh, one of the signs with Coolio's crazy hair, you know, and those, like, braids that stick up, and say, like, nobody coolier than Coach Coolio. Mm-hmm. Basketball's paradise. Yeah. There you go. That's right, a good yeah. sign for all the Providence. Any Providence fans listening, there's your sign to make uh, for the Creighton game. Yeah, so the Friars are looking at uh, really their last hope is just make a pretty good run in this tournament, at least win you know, two games, um, and hope that you get some help externally, people losing, to to make a pretty good run uh, for for a tournament bid. So it all starts tomorrow night with Creighton. Uh, win there would be huge, and like I, like we were talking about, I think Creighton's in regardless. Yeah, so, uh, I think Creighton is. If Creighton just wants to help out the conference a little bit, they would just kind of throw this game. <laughs> just take one for the team, Creighton. Yeah, and then let Providence win. 
you know, they might have to win the next game too. So we'll have to coordinate that with the next team and then maybe just get Providence all the way to the championship. And, uh, and then, yeah, we'll have like six teams in from the big East. Yeah. I don't think that's uh, unrealistic for us to ask. No, it's not too much to ask. Moving on to the ever so fun Ivy league. I got a, I got a good one to talk here in the Ivy league. The Cinderella story that we were talking about last week is actually coming to life. Cornell's been lurking, lurking around the bottom of the Ivy League all season, like we've been discussing. And within the last few weeks, they've slowly been climbing. And due to a 10-point loss to Harvard, an 11-point win over their rivals Dartmouth. Vastly superior Dartmouth. Ever heard of it? Cornell shot up from the fourth worst team in the conference to the fourth team in the conference and slipped into the Ivy League tournaments as the last seed with the losing 6-8 and and 12-15 and overall record. They're slated to face off against Harvard this Saturday. The Big Red is 0-2 against the Crimson this year in the battle for the Ivy Colors, but this wouldn't be a potential Cinderella story without those kind of odds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, we were joking about this happening. I, I think we said Cornell would be the perfect Cinderella story because they've been garbage all season. Shoot up, make the make the tournament because you were even like uh i don't think they can make the tournament because there's only four teams and i was like oh shit that would be crazy though if they did and then won it so here we go strap in baby look my pen quakers are the clear favorites in this conference tournament yeah but i think i'm gonna be rooting for cornell the big red there you go they've only got they're 12 and 15 yeah uh they uh yeah like i said they've got 12 wins i think i can just stop there but <laughs> yeah they've got a <laughs> it would be so bad defense um, they really don't do anything well. So if they can just win these two games, you know, first against Harvard and then whoever wins the the uh, the Penn Yale game, then yeah, they can make the tournament and just get destroyed by, let's say, Villanova. Yeah, let's let's go Villanova. That'd be great. Yeah, sounds good to me. I'm cheering for them hard. It's not a Cinderella NCAA tournament story. It's a Cinderella Ivy League story, right? All they need to do is win the Ivy League. That's good enough, and it would be hilarious. I don't yeah. think I don't think I, many I, other I, people would be keeping up with this story quite like us, but it would make me so fucking happy. Andy Bernard's probably keeping up with it pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I put his little uh, clip in here every single time I say Cornell. You ever heard of it? So right there, it just played again. So, yeah, I know, I know Andy. And then Dwight is probably pissed because, you know, he's a big Dartmouth guy. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you have, uh, I guess you've already discussed the Ivy League, so we can move on. Uh, Missouri Valley, Illinois State, we kind of mentioned this earlier, but since we recorded last, the Missouri Valley tournament came and went without hardly anyone noticing. My Redbirds made a solid run, though. At the three seed, they took down six seed Indiana State, 77-70, to and then upset the two seed, Southern Illinois, 78-68, and then on Sunday they played the one seed Loyola and lost pretty badly, sixty-five to forty-nine. It was a valiant effort by an eighteen and fifteen team that almost made the tournament. And it will be Loyola's first time in the tournament in thirty-three years. So I mean, good for them. Yeah, but, yeah, they're making a run. I mean, but in hindsight, four of the five Redbird starters are juniors and one freshman. So next year. Assuming everybody stays, right? Because it's Illinois State. Like, what? What are you? Where are you gonna go? Um, yeah. No. Worst case, someone transfers to like some bigger school. Right. 
So, I mean, next year they should have a really experienced team and, you know, could make a, another run next year. Yeah, not quite the same uh, goes for my Missouri State Bears. They got three starters, uh, seniors, two that are juniors. So losing a lot, kind of a disappointing year for, for the Bears. Uh, ending the season with a loss to Southern Illinois in the conference tournament. That was uh, round one, right? Do what? That was round one. That was round two. They beat Valparaiso in the first round. Oh, okay. And oh, yeah. Then, they suck. yeah. Valparaiso sucks. Lost, lost to Southern Illinois. So, barring some wild turn of events where every team on the bubble loses plus 20 after that, I think the season is over for the Bears. <laughs> and Paul Lusk goes into next season with a young, young squad. All right. So, not good for them. Moving on to the West Coast, San Diego. Last week, I called an upset alert for my six-seed San Diego over three-seed BYU in the first round of the West Coast Tournament. I was wrong. They took a 79-85 to loss to the Mormons. BYU ended up upsetting number two St. Mary's, though, right, as you know. So they faced off against Gonzaga for the championship, which they lost 74 to an ugly 54. San Diego has a nearly all-junior starting team. I think they have one sophomore. Um, so they could you know, make another run next year, but the problem is they're still having to play in the West Coast Conference, so they probably won't like be able to do anything. Yeah, it was a sad end to the St. Mary's, the Gales season. Well, it's not. I mean, the season's not over. They're going to still make the tournament. Right. Uh, but the loss to BYU, it's kind of put a damper on the tail end of the season, the regular season. Because I think, I think it put a damper on everybody because I think everybody wanted to see St. Mary's versus Gonzaga. Yeah, the third time. Yeah. Because um, they'd split the, the split the regular season series uh, with two highly entertaining games. And, yeah, it would have been nice to see them play a third time. Yeah, BYU just got their ass kicked. It was like, well, that was a letdown. Yeah, so I really hope they make a run in the tournament. I don't see it. They just haven't been playing well. Uh, late in the season what are they supposed to be seated at well the uh all the losses lately is actually like putting back in the bubble um no. right now they're kind of slated at like a 10 to 12 oh, okay yeah that would make it's sense crazy, they're not because i mean not back in the a couple bubble, of weeks ago they're they're like a five seed though yeah that's true I, I i don't think they're back in the bubble i think they're definitely in i mean i hope so i mean yeah 28 wins with they're in wins over gonzaga and but yeah. then they, I mean, if you look down their their list of wins, it's like after Gonzaga, it's they beat BYU early in the season. They beat New Mexico State. I mean, you have to kind of look pretty hard to find a, a big win. Hey, New Mexico State only had like five losses, so that's actually not bad. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's but it's kind of sad that it's like their second best win. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you really kind of hope that they make a run just because this is really old team. Jock Landell, uh, Emmett Nahr. You know, Colin Neal, almost transfer. A lot of seniors on the, up and down the team. The thing um, is, they're a basketball school, though, so I don't think it's going to take them too long to get back. No, they'll just get some more Australians, and they'll be fine. Yep, there you go. Okay, moving on. Summit League, my favorite to talk about. As I predicted earlier this season, Summit League Championship took place yesterday, and it was the real SDSU versus the U, SD. I also wanted to point out that you previously stated how the USD was better team than than uh, SDSU, but 
SDSU dominated 97-87 to go to the tournament for the third straight year. So Jackrabbits are just killing it. The, I, I, I will say the South Dakota Civil War, which is what they're calling it, has become my absolute favorite mid-major basketball rivalry by far. They have figured out the Summit League recipe for success. Are you ready for this? It's. Mm. I mean, I figured out they, what they figured out. And that is to recruit out of your talent-poor territory. So I was looking at their rosters. USD has three kids from Minnesota, two kids from Colorado, four kids from Nebraska, and four kids from Texas. Not a single kid from South Dakota at USD. SDSU only has three kids from South Dakota and five from Wisconsin. And then, you know, some, like, other ones like Illinois and stuff. But I think that's the I think that's the key. Like South Dakota's terrible, so just don't recruit there. Yeah, sounds like a pretty strategy to me. It's I mean, they were the two teams that made it to the tournament and between the two teams there was only three kids from the state of South Dakota and four from Texas and five from Wisconsin. So Yeah. It's a good move sad on that, that part. Sad that the Coyote season has come to an end. Twenty six and eight, magical year. Uh you know that they're actually their best players are coming back. Uh oh. Yeah. Hey, that's good though. Like I said, I love this rivalry. And then they play, you know, the tournament championship is in the was that the Samford Arena? Mm-hmm. I think that's what they renamed it since I've been there. But yeah, the in Sioux Falls, so it's like perfectly in between both schools. Like it, that's that's so awesome, and that's so Damn, South Dakota yeah. Summit League. That's, you know, both both teams' best players are coming back. It's gonna be awesome. North Dakota is also pretty good, but you know, I think. The state of South Dakota is happy. Obviously, it's a rivalry, but I think they're all happy if North Dakota, like no North Dakota school, makes it. So, it's a win for the state of South Dakota, regardless. It's kind of mm-hmm. like how UT and A and M always hated each other in the Big Twelve, but as long as like OU didn't succeed, they were both kind of like okay. At least like Texas is winning. Yeah, yeah. So my Fort Wayne Mastodons out of the Summit League barely made it into the tournament. Yeah, disappointing season or. Especially at the end of the season, losing to North Dakota State in the first round. Yeah, so their season's over. Uh, Bryson Scott, senior captain, all-star stud. Uh, you know he's he's done. So, you know, hats off to him. What's their mascot? Like an elephant? I don't know. It's the Mastodons. I don't know what that is. Yeah, but I, their like logo is like an elephant. Have you never seen it? Yeah, I guess I never really thought about what it looked like. It's like an elephant. The Mastodon and the Woolly Mammoth. While both these animals were part of the elephant family, there are many differences separating the two. For example, the woolly mammoth had high shoulders and long curved tusks, while the mastodon had straighter tusks and shorter shoulders. Anyway, moving on. That's that's not important. Uh, moving on to Colonial, UNCW uh, at the sixth seed. My Seahawks upset your... You had Hofstra, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they upset your three-seed Hofstra. 93-88. Unfortunately, they ended up losing the next round to the two-seed Northeastern, 79-52. And with a laughable 11-21 and overall record, my Seahawks should just be happy that they got that far. They were starting two seniors, a junior, and two sophomores. So, you know, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Those two seniors are gone, but still have three returning, uh, potentially. Yeah, so like you said, 
uh, your squad upset my squad, the Hofstra Pride. Yo. Um, and then, like we already mentioned, College of Charleston won the conference tournament. Uh, punched their ticket to the NCAA tournament. Don't have super high confidence in them making it past the first round. No. Uh, I didn't. No. <laughs> uh, okay. That's Colonial. Uh, they're, both of our schools are out. It'll be interesting next next week when we record. Since we like won't have schools to talk about. <laughs> yeah, that'd be. I mean, that'd be nice if one of us had one. Like St. Mary's, I guess could make it. Like, like past the first round. Oh, uh, past the first round. Well, I mean, I have Creighton, and obviously Cornell. We said is going to make a huge run. Uh, SDSU will make a huge run. New Mexico State's going to make a huge run. Well, how about we get some of these? Teams? And Davidson's probably going to win it all. Yeah. Anyway, so the whack. New Mexico State's my Aggies. Ended their regular season with an impressive 25-5 and overall record and 12-2 and conference record. They will play their first WAC tournament game as the clear one seed against the ever-suspicious eight seed, Chicago State, who we're still not really, we're not really sure about. Although I know my Aggies are destined for a Cinderella story in the NCAA tournament this year, obviously, I can't help but love Chicago State after... We uncovered their Shell University last episode. You know that Chicago State, since we recorded this, beat UMKC. Uh oh. So I think they're onto us. Something's going on. Something. What we gotta watch out for is when we start getting letters with the return address East West University Mm -hmm. or North South University. We should suggest that to them. We should just hop on board with them and just be like, "Look, we love what you're doing. We can help." Yeah. I'm going to be northwest, southeast. Yeah. I th- I'm thinking, yeah, that's that's not a bad one. And then the campus is in like Kansas City, Missouri, just right in between. No, that would actually be too accurate. It needs to be in like San Francisco. New York City. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How is uh, Grand Canyon doing? <laughs> the Antelopes. They're on a roll. They beat uh, they I know, beat they came three back. teams in a row to end the season. They, they came and back because so they were doing really uh, good this season, and then they lost to New Mexico State and kind of fell off, but now they're, now they're back. They're set for a run. You mm-hmm. know, their freshman, their freshman center, Alessandro Lever, uh, he's just he's killing it. Um, he's, he's really poised. I know I've been watching some interviews with him. He's talking about how he's really, he's really ready for the tournament, and um, he's looking forward to the game against UMKC. Uh, looking forward to to winning, going through the tournament kind of unscathed, uh, beating New Mexico State in the championship, stopping on the grave, and then making it to the actual NCAA tournament. Well, okay. Well, we'll see. Southern. I know we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but uh, my UNCG Spartans, baby. I picked this team early in the season, and uh, it, it paid off. As they earned their one seed on the very last day possible last week, they started the conference tournament against eight seed Citadel, beating them 72 58. They barely snuck by your five seed Wofford Terriers, 56 55. And then we all got the game we were waiting for against East Tennessee State, one seed versus two seed in the tournament final. Winner takes all to the tournament. My Spartans spanked the Buccaneers, 62-47. It was not as good as I think we were hoping. 
But uh, their head coach, I think Wes Miller, I think that's their head coach. Anyway, yeah. he, I think he's going to be on a lot of people's short list after this season. You know, taking UNCG to the tournament for the first time since 2001. And um, by the way, I looked up some stuff from 2001 since the last time the Spartans were in the tournament. The number one song in 2001, this time in 2001, so in March, was Butterfly by Crazy Town. So maybe I'll maybe I'll put that in the episode so we can all get in the spirit for UNCG. Uh, the number one movie in the box office this time in 2001 was Steven Seagal's Exit Wounds. So there you go. Yikes. Some fun facts about the last time the Spartans were in the tournament. So yeah, go watch Go watch Steven Seagal and listen to Butterfly. Actually do it at the same time. Yeah, I heard it if you actually play that song over the movie, it, it's kind of like some cool little images. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's actually the Spartan chant. They match up. See how happy I make others. It's kind of disappointing conference championship game, ETSU versus UNC Greensboro. Yeah, it was. Uh, hoping for a little bit more competitive game. Stayed up and watched it. Uh, no big deal. <laughs> but it's kind of anticlimactic, like you were mentioning. Um, it, I was actually rooting for East Tennessee State just because Steve Forbes, their head coach, has been uh, rumored as a candidate for Ole Miss. So I've kind of just been rooting for them as an outsider. Just kind of secretly hoping that they're doing well. That's dirty. You know, you know, uh, I get the Spartans back, so that's pretty ruthless of you. Yeah, no big deal. I will say our, our game, when our two teams played, was much better, though. That was entertaining. Yeah, the Wofford Terriers. Yep. Uh, season ended after the the massive win against North Carolina. Uh, didn't really pan out. You know, they went on that run after the loss against UNCG. But, yeah, nothing really happened. But they returned Fletcher McGee and Cameron Jackson, the two studs. So expect big things from Wofford next year. Okay. Uh, Metro Atlantic, Niagara, with a mediocre 19-13 overall record. The Purple Nigerian Eagles, in the perfect uh, Niagara fashion, were upset as the three-seed in the conference tournament by six-seed Fairfield. The Stags, 90-77. So, believe it or not, I actually called this about three weeks ago. I think I already mentioned this, but when they lost senior Matt Scott. They didn't have a chance after that. Matt Scott was the team. So I don't see Niagara making much of a run next season either. And that's all I have to say about that. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, force come preference. Yep. I hope to never have to uh, watch Niagara again, especially after losing Matt Scott. Yeah. Monmouth Hawks, I'm just, I'm just disappointed. I don't even know what else to say. I was really excited when I had them, when I, when I randomly chose them. As one of my teams, my my representative from the Metro At- Atlantic Athletic Conference, but they really let me down. Um, only winning eleven games this year, uh, hoping for better things next year. But yeah, it's just disappointment. Yep. All right, uh, let's finish it up with Atlantic Ten. I know we talked about this already in quite a bit of detail. Davidson, uh, although they upset Rhode Island 63-61 on Friday. St. Bonaventure continued their 12-game win streak with a win over St. Louis, which means my Wildcat remained the three-seed for the tournament. Because I think in the last episode I talked about the possibility of them becoming the two-seed if they upset Rhode Island and then St. Bonaventure lost. They upset Rhode Island, but, you know, St. Bonaventure won, of course. 
So, although Davidson is a good team this year, unless someone can end that streak and knock out St. Bonaventure, I just don't know what the odds are for the Wildcats. But, um, you know, we'll see. I don't know. We'll, yeah, we'll see. I know we talked about this quite a bit earlier. It, it just comes down to if they can beat St. Bonaventure or somehow whoever they play gets knocked out before they even have to play Davidson. Because... I don't know. I, although Rhode Island is the higher-ranked team, I think everyone is like more scared to face off against the Bonnies in this tournament. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Uh, and George Mason, finishing out, George Mason, uh, the Patriots, in a rebuilding year, 15-16. Uh, and 16. Uh, Expect them to be back in the postseason next year. Returning all five starters, pretty much everybody on the team. Nice. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, well, I mean, they're Still got the conference tournament to, right. to play. They're playing the, UMass. Hey, on I was just going to say, they're tomorrow. still in the tournament, man. <laughs> they, I think they're slated. losing record currently. That game, I think, is it that game that goes on to play Davidson, or does that game go on to play St. Bonaventure? I don't have the bracket in front of me. I think so it's I one of the say. two, and I want to say it's Davidson. Uh, no, maybe it's St. Bonaventure. Shit, I don't know. I was looking at it earlier just to like figure out the odds of Davidson's chance to win the tournament. But... Uh, yeah, who knows? I, I, they might get past the first round. Yeah, I mean, they're playing UMass, so they should be projected to win. Yeah, but, they're definitely heavily heavily favored. But like I said, they're either playing Davidson or St. Bonaventure the next round, so it's probably it. Okay, that wraps up Conference Allegiance. I have an update on NCAA Division One men's ice hockey, if you want to hear it. Let's hear it. So, if anybody needs to go to the bathroom, now's a good time since nobody cares about hockey. Me like hockey! Me like hockey! Let me... I can I can give you updates on some of the games that I mentioned to watch last week. Penn State went 2-0 versus Minnesota over the weekend. The Gophers dropped from 11 to 15, and the Nittany Lions jumped from 15 to 12, so kind of just switched there. Ohio State swept Michigan State this weekend, and they just remained at number 6. On Friday, Omaha beat Duluth 4-1, and then on Saturday, Duluth beat Omaha 4-1, which resulted in Duluth falling in the rankings from 7-8 and Omaha jumping from 14-13, successfully leaving everyone very confused. The weekend's main event that I talked about, St. Cloud State beat North Dakota 4-3 on Friday, and then North Dakota managed to end Saturday in an overtime tie with the Huskies, 2-2, two to two, St. Cloud remains at number one, and somehow North Dakota dropped from 13-14. to 14. Also very confusing. With round one of the Big Ten tournament already over, Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan are moving on. This weekend will be one seed Notre Dame fresh off their bye versus four seed Penn State in the heated Big Ten hockey rivalry matchup. Accompanied by the biggest Big Ten rivalry, two-seed Ohio State versus three-seed Michigan. So forget uh, the Big Ten basketball tournament. It's all about Big Ten hockey right now. My extremely new and very limited amount of Big Ten hockey knowledge, I'm calling for an upset over Notre Dame for a Nittany Lion versus Buckeye championship matchup. So get ready for that. Other series to watch this weekend, 17 Bowling Green versus number 19 Northern Michigan and number 13 Omaha versus 14 Nebraska. And don't forget that in only two weeks, the NCAA Division I men's ice hockey playoffs begins. When's the Frozen Four? Um, 
have that written down. I talked about it last week. I'm just going to keep asking you. God damn it. It's it's April. I want to say it's April 5th through the 7th. But I don't have that right now. I can look cool. it up. I think, I think it's April 5th through the 7th. I don't have the uh, the women's college basketball rankings. Actually, yeah, I just pulled it up. It's uh, uh, UConn is one. Mississippi State is two. Um, who's, Texas is – no, Notre Dame is three. Florida State's four. And who's five? You're asking me who five is? Oh, Baylor. Baylor's five. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. Great. That wraps up the episode. <laughs> Glad everybody is staying informed with hockey. We're, I think we're becoming, I don't know if there's an official college hockey podcast, but since we kind of started doing it like towards the end of the season, I think we're the official college hockey podcast. All you have to do is just go over who's good, and I think you become the official podcast. Right? I mean, I've been talking about the games to watch. I've been talking about rankings. I mean, I did a rundown of the Big Ten playoffs. I I went into more depth in Big Ten hockey playoffs than I did Big Ten basketball playoffs. Hockey, baby. We're a hockey podcast now. All right? All right. That's it. Everybody keep going to com. I keep posting cool shit, and nobody keeps reading. So, thanks. Peace. Peace. Hey, moving silent, though. Hey, I'm moving silent, Was that a fart? I don't know. I can taste it. On my tongue.